You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 58. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. Hi, pet business owners. So, my voice is still a little bit out. I have been grappling with a cold for a while here. It is on its way out, but my voice is still a little bit gravelly. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that if you're wondering why my voice sounds different. That is why. So hello, hello, hello. I am so excited and happy that I am off to a very good start in terms of podcasting. One of my goals this year is to release at least one episode a week. Now, I did not accomplish that at the beginning of the month because I was very sick. I couldn't talk. (laughs) So, I still am having a bit of a hard time talking, but I'm really committed to releasing an episode a week here. So I'm getting on the podcasting horse and gravelly voice or not, here I am. And I want to thank those of you that have taken the time to write reviews. I want you to know how much it means to me. I do read each and every review, and it really matters. More reviews mean that those people who are out there, you know, all over the world who are in need of pet business help can more easily find the podcast. More reviews means it comes up higher when people are searching for a podcast that they're looking for in terms of the topic. So I want to thank you on behalf of them And of course, it helps me as well. And I know it takes a little time to write the review. So if you are thinking, oh, maybe I should just take a moment to write a review, I would say, please do. It really makes a difference for me. And it makes this work that I do, which is pure joy. I love doing it, but it makes it even more worthwhile when I see that it means something to you. You know, when I release an episode, I never know what happens. I do see that there are a number of listeners out there. I can track that on the back end of my podcast, and it really warms my heart to see the huge volume of numbers of pet business owners that are listening to this. And if you're one of them, if you would be willing to just take a moment to write a quick review, it would mean the world to me. I just want to share very briefly how to do it because some people are confused on how to do it. So I'm going to share how to do it on iTunes. On a lot of the other podcast players, it's very intuitive, but on iTunes, it's kind of counterintuitive. So you may have subscribed to Prosperous Pet Business And if you have, it'll be a little bit trickier to write your review. If you haven't, it'll be easier. So even if you've subscribed, what I want to encourage you to do is to see that search button on your podcast app on iTunes, and you can search for Prosperous Pet Business. And again, it's counterintuitive because it seems like 
hey, I've got this in my feed. Why am I going to look for it? But the reason why you want to look for it is when you do and when you click on it, you will then see when you scroll down, you'll see a few episodes and then you'll scroll down and see write a review. You'll see you can five star it or whatever stars you want to give it. I don't want to tell you what to rate it, but whatever you want to rate it. And then if you scroll down below that, it says write a review. So you click write a review instead of actually starring it, you click write a review and then you star it and then you write your review. And even one sentence would mean the world to me. So if you would take a moment to do that today, I would really, really appreciate it. And it will give me even more fuel to continue releasing these episodes in your podcast feed here. I'm happy and delighted to do it. So today's episode, I am also happy and delighted to share with you because I recently found a book which has been wonderful, and it is called Outsmart Your Smartphone, Conscious Tech Habits for Finding Happiness, Balance, and Connection in Real Life. And If you're like me, you may have a challenge with your smartphone in that it's always around and it can be compelling and it can cause you to kind of look down instead of look up into your daily life. And so I was very curious about this book, curious about the author. I reached out to her to see if I could interview her for the podcast and she was absolutely gracious and said yes. So This episode is my interview with Cheeky Davis. She, again, is the author of Outsmart Your Smartphone. She is also a technology consultant, and she helps people use technology in ways that increase their well-being, which, don't we all want that? (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if actually our technology could be a vehicle for our well-being and our happiness? Well, today, Cheeky Davis is going to tell us how that is possible. So let's dive into today's episode and interview with Cheeky Davis, and I will see you on the other side of this podcast episode. Hi, everyone. I am so happy to have Chicky Davis, who is a technology consultant, and she is the author of the book Outsmart Your Smartphone. And the subtitle is Conscious Tech Habits for Finding Happiness, Balance, and Connection in Real Life. And her book and her related webinars and workshops help people use technology in ways that increase well being overcome the challenges that technology can create, and boost happiness in the context of an increasingly digital world. Welcome, Cheeky. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me, Kristen. It's so good to chat with you a bit. Oh, I know you have a very busy schedule, and I just really appreciate you making time today for me and the Prosperous Pet Business listeners so, so happy to have you here. So I would love to hear about why this topic. I'm kind of imagining that maybe at some point you had a challenging relationship with your phone 
That's what I'm imagining. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> and that perhaps this book subject arose out of that personal challenge. Is that true? And if so, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I think I think we all struggle with how to have um, a better relationship with our technologies. I think I maybe struggled with my phone a little bit less than I know some folks do, but I, oh. I work remotely and from home. Okay. And so I'm on my computer all the time. And so I definitely wanted to figure out how to have a better relationship with all of those technologies. And so what was happening that would cause you to say you had a challenging relationship with your phone or your computer? Great question. It's sort of hard to put your finger on, right? So like mm-hmm. we can sort of sense, I just kept having these conversations with people in my work and I work on, um, building technologies for well-being. So things like mm-hmm. mindfulness apps and gratitude apps. And everybody I was talking to was like, something's different. Like, I don't feel connected, even though I'm connected to a million people. Or yeah. I don't feel happy, even though like I'm studying happiness. And so it was just sort of this like sense that something was different. And I really just wanted to dig into that a bit more and figure out what was causing that or, or how we could fix it. Yeah, so the disconnection, it's almost like we're connected to so many people because we have access in through so many vehicles, right? Texting, video chat, you know, Facebook. Yeah. But, you know, the it's like quality over quantity. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly it. It's just like just because we're connected to someone or we know, like, I know what's happening in everybody's lives because I can see it on my Facebook wall, um, that type of connection turns out to not really make us feel connected to people. And so yeah. it, the book was sort of an exploration of, well, how do we engage in technology use in ways that aren't so bad for us? Like, there's this push, I think, in this field for, you know, like digital detox and, you know, throw away your phone and take time out, which is great, but it's not practical or realistic for most of us to just stop using technologies. Right. <laughs> so it's like, how do we do it in ways that are better for us? Mm-hmm. So how do we, I'm thinking about the pet business owners who are listening, who are very, probably very attached to their phones um, yeah. and computers. What would you say are some steps that they can take to begin to have more, a better relationship with their computer or their phone? Yeah, so I think part of it, so we know that social media um, can potentially lead to poor well-being, but it seems that it's only because we're not using social media in ways that, that connect us and make us feel closer to people and that help us build sort of our like happiness skills is what I'll call them. So, for example, we might view whatever what's happening in everybody else's lives and see that they're, you know, they have their perfect partner and they go on this perfect vacation and they have their perfect job and it makes us feel kind of crappy about ourselves. Yeah. So rather than viewing all that, if we sort of just spend less time doing that and more time like reaching out to people to be like, hey, like, I'm really grateful for something that you did for me or some something about the person that you are, then we're building yeah. a skill like gratitude while we're online. Or we can do random acts of kindness or all these things that um, that we learned. Uh, so, so my degree is in psychology. So things that I learned in school to actually promote well-being. And we can do these both on and offline. Mm-hmm. What are some more ways that we can do it online 
I love what you said. I'd love to hear a couple more examples if you have any on ways that we can connect more, have deeper connections. Yeah. So like I, I had this conversation um, with a woman who was kind of trying to create like almost the anti-Facebook and we were like, okay, well, what would it look like if it, if social media was a place where just everything that people were doing was connecting each other. And we realized mm-hmm. that oftentimes when we post something, we're post, we're really thinking about ourselves. We're like, I did this, or I feel this, or I, you know, want to show you a picture of myself. And that yeah. um, self-focus we know is not a very good way to boost well-being. So if you just sure. shift that to thinking about what the other people in your community like would want to receive, then that's a good way to build both build connections and boost your own well-being. So for example, oh, like maybe you post a joke because people like to hear that or uh-huh. like a cat video. Some people do that and we all uh-huh. enjoy watching those. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh. just like focusing your attention on others can both in real life and, and online can promote well-being. I love that. So how can we have a more balanced relationship with our phone let's say you know the people that are kind of addicted to their phone which a lot of business owners are and they feel kind of compelled because oh what if a client calls what if this what if that how can they begin to create a more balanced connection with their phone yeah well one of thus themselves right yeah exactly i mean balance is a hard thing technology or no technology. Um, But I think one of the really important ways to do this is just to set really clear boundaries. Um, In the book, I talk a little bit uh, about some steps for doing this, but the short of it is like, spend some time and really think about who, like what are the calls that you absolutely must take or the emails you absolutely must answer or the times of day when you absolutely must be available. And then the other times, like disconnect yourself. Just, I know it's, it can feel a little weird and scary. <laughs> yeah. But if you do so, then like, then your phone isn't encroaching on all of your moments. Um, exactly. Another, another technique that, that I use and I like to recommend is just like set aside a specific um, like room in your house where your phone isn't allowed. So, (laughs) yeah, so it's like maybe you aren't sleeping very well because of your phone. Then don't let your Uh phone in your bedroom. Like if Uh you need to answer an email, you have to leave the room. It sort of just forces you into um, better behaviors. What's your room that you don't allow your phone in? I don't allow my phone in my bedroom at all. Uh Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I also, wow. another one, I don't take it, I don't take my phone with me to the grocery store. So it's like, if I have to like run to the grocery store, it's just like, you're not coming oh, with wow. me. I'm going to try to have a conversation with the cashier and then, you know, just have a little, just like, you know, a few minutes of phone free time. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll leave my phone in the car when I have yeah. an appointment, you know, or a lunch date with a friend and. Oh, it's so liberating. At first it feels a little like, oh no, what if they text me because they're running late or, you know, well, then they have, you know, they're running late and I can just find that out by them not showing up immediately. But and that's a great yeah. one too, because not having your phone with you when you're with another person can strengthen that connection in that moment. So I really like, I like your suggestion. Yeah. 
it's funny, my husband and I got a beautiful koa. Koa is a Hawaiian wood. We got a koa box to put our phones in, sort of like just putting it out of sight, you know. And we, we were using it a lot in our old house, but we recently moved and we can't find that box. Oh, no. <laughs> it's somewhere. I don't know where it is. So we might actually have to buy a new box if we can't find it. You know, we've, we've looked everywhere for it. But I'm noticing that our phones are out a lot more because we don't have that box, a place, you know, that's kind of a holding spot for our phones where we can actually close the lid mm-hmm. and detach from them. And... So that was very helpful for us. And and I'm noticing the difference now that we don't have that box. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's such a great idea to just have like a little like, okay, phone, time out. Let's go down. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you spoke a little bit about this a little while ago, but how can we be more mindful using technology? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, I um, I focus in the book a bit about sort of, so mindfulness is a combination of being aware and accepting kind of of our feelings in the present moment and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where phones are getting in the way is they're sort of preventing us from being aware of anything because anytime mm-hmm. we like our thoughts start to wander or we like have a moment to be with ourselves, <laughs> like, hmm, I could check some emails or I could watch a video or I could distract myself. And so before we can even become mindful, we just need to like be. <laughs> and so, so like yeah. in the book, it's, I, I talked to sort of like the very first step is to just like, when you're out, like just sitting, have a moment sitting alone, just, just do it. Just sit alone, be with your thoughts, be with your emotions and try mm-hmm. not to push them away by pulling out your phone to, you know, distract you or to relieve anxiety or boredom or whatever it is, whatever the reason yes. is your phone is coming out. Yeah. And then and then just sort of accept whatever comes up. Try not to push mm-hmm. away, try not to distract, mm-hmm. and then let it all go. Hmm. I like that. You're reminding me about how I've had conversations with friends about how the phone is kind of the the latest addiction, you know, that yeah. people have. And some have even equated it to smoking. Like yeah. it's as addictive as nicotine. You know, and I'm noticing this in my own life. I I actually was very resistant to smartphones for many years and only got one five years ago, which is really recent, you know, given the amount of time that they've been out. I just, I really didn't want to be reached all the time, you know, and the whole texting thing. And I really like the feeling of freedom and it's crept up on me. You know, I I never thought I would be one of those people that kind of swung to that side of a little bit of addicted, you know, to my phone, but here I am. And I think it can creep up on us. You know, if, if I went into it so mindfully and yet here I am, you know, still finding myself reaching for it. If, I'm feeling a feeling that I don't want to feel, Yeah, you know, I can only imagine those people that don't go into it mindfully, you know, how compelling it is for them. And 
So it's just been such a practice for me to, before I reach for my phone, to think, is there something I don't want to feel? Yeah. And if so, what is that? And to just be mindful about the feeling that I don't want to feel. Yeah, that's that's really insightful. I think many times when I talk about this, people um, are eager to get like, okay, what are the tips for not using your phone? And you just like targeted right in on what it is. It's like, we use our phones as a mechanism for dealing with negative emotions or increasing positive emotions. And so it's not really like picking up the phone that's the problem. It's learning how to deal with those emotions. And so that's really right. the first step. <laughs> Like if we're anxious about, you know, being like, like one of the stories I give in the book is that whenever I'm like out um, going to meet someone at a restaurant or something and they're late, I always feel super uncomfortable just standing there waiting for them and I want to pull out my phone. But that's just anxiety, right? And so if we keep doing it and keep pulling out our phones, we're never going to learn how to manage that anxiety. And then it just gets worse and worse. And so then we're more and more addicted. And so we really just have to like go for it and manage it. And now I don't have any trouble with it at all. So it's just like, (laughs) I just gotta keep trying. Yeah. It's also, I love what you're saying. You know, I found that, um, I think they've even done studies on this where it's kind of contagious. Like if you pull out your phone, your friend or your partner will too, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just causes that flip, that, uh, switch to flip in our brain of like, oh, I should be looking at my phone too. And it creates this contagion instead of just being with a discomfort, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. or connection, you know, connecting with another human. And also I think, like I noticed this with my my wonderful husband who um, loves to research things. So we'll be talking mm-hmm. about something and he'll think, well, I want to know the answer to that. And he'll just pick up yeah. his phone. And then I might pick up my phone because he's, like, left me, you know, because he's looking yeah. at his phone. And then it creates this disconnection, you know. Yeah. And Or what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? Well, let me look at my phone instead of just pondering the question and then moving on. Yeah. And thinking, well, look at it for it later, you know. Here I am in the yeah. moment. There's all these little breaks now in our conversations and our and our connectedness. Yeah. It's sort of like when you're connecting with someone, like who knows what the physiological chemicals or whatever is happening, but it's yeah. like a process that builds, right? And then you get deeper and deeper. Right. And every time that's interrupted by us pulling away to like Google something, right? We're just not connecting in the ways that we used to. I just want to add one thing about the contagion thing, though. You're completely right. What I have found, though, that the, is that the opposite is also true. So when I was writing this book, I was I was doing everything in the book. And I was like, OK, I'm not going to pull out my phone in front of anyone for like I did this for like like at least a month. And everybody around me kind of stopped pulling out their phones because they're like, oh, she's not doing it. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful to her. And, um, and I'll admit I gave them a little bit of a hard time sometimes, but sometimes people uh-huh. just do it on their own. And that was really, that was really nice to know that like wow. people just treat others as they're being treated. And so we really have yeah. a lot of power to affect everybody's behavior. That That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And I love that you did 
the processes that you talk about in your book, that you really were really living that as yeah. you were writing it. I, I I have to, or else I don't know if it works or how it feels or how challenging it is. And so I'm a big fan of that. Oh, I just love that. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Going back to the connection and the the breaks, you know, the little breaks of connection with another human, we can experience the same thing in our work too. When we're getting these notifications, when we're immersed in in a project, let's say on our computer that we need to focus on and we get these notifications or a text, it takes us away and it takes so much time to come back to that connection with that work it so does all these little pings and bings and notifications just are super distracting for all of the are kind of like natural processes emotionally and cognitively yes exactly so you know in your research for your book what was one of the most surprising things that you discovered for yourself yeah. or just learning? I'd love to hear about some surprising awarenesses that you had. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that um, I think I learned about around the time I started writing the book that was like super exciting to me is that there's actually research that shows that when we have just like teeny, like one sentence interactions with strangers, that actually boosts our happiness in the moment. So now that we're walking around on our phones all the time, we don't need to ask for directions. We don't need to talk to our barista or our butcher or our cashier. We're missing out on all these opportunities that we used to have to boost happiness. And so it just like broke my heart. And I'm like, okay, I have to just like intentionally start talking to people on the train and, 
you know, saying hello to the neighbors. And mm. I could not believe what a big difference it made. Just that's beautiful. A hello or a comment. Yeah. It's yeah. It really exciting. Oh, that's so neat. You know, I'm thinking about, I live on a boardwalk. Um, so the cool. front yard is on a bird sanctuary that's 600 acres and our backyard is on the bay. So we're on the water. And to get to our house, we walk on this boardwalk, no cars allowed. So it takes five minutes to walk to mm. our house from where we park our car. Yeah, it's really amazing, beautiful <laughs> area, very unusual. But one of the gifts, the unexpected gifts, because I thought it would be actually the thing that I like least is that five minute walk. It's a quarter of a mile um, each way, like to walk to our house and then to walk the car you know, the people that live out here, there are 50 homes and very unusual people live out here because it takes a lot to get out here, you know? Um, And they're really wonderful. I would say for the most part, the people here who live here are really interesting and eclectic. And, you know, a lot of them are very artistic and unusual in their own way. And um, because you know, I'm walking on this boardwalk sometimes two or three times a day back and forth. You know, I'm talking to my neighbors in a way that I have never done in my entire life because it would be so rude. You know, you're walking on this three foot wide boardwalk and to not acknowledge another human, which is (laughs) weird, you know, Yeah, and most people aren't on their phones. Some people are when they're walking, but most aren't. And so it's caused me to really have these rich connections. And, you know, if I'm not in a hurry, I'll stop and talk and connect with them. And But I feel like I have a lot of those boosts of happiness on a daily basis. Um, Mm Mm-hmm in a way that I wasn't anticipating before I moved here. It's noticeable, right? Like you can actually feel different after you have those little conversations with people who may not really even be a part of your life. Right. It's fascinating. It is. It really is. And I think, you know, thinking about you talking to people, make really making a concerted effort to talk to people you're not only increasing your own happiness, but you're increasing theirs. Yeah, and that's, that's exciting too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So if there are listeners right now who are really struggling with their phone, we talked a lot about different tips and reasons why it'd be great to put away the phone and to set boundaries and all of that. But if they were to do just one thing to have a better relationship with themselves and their phone, what would you say would be that most important thing that they could do? Hmm, That is a tough question. Mm -hmm. So because I'm like so deeply immersed in this research, I can't give you a like top best tip because we know that everybody's top best tip is different. Okay. Um, Like we all benefit more or less from various activities. So, so my suggestion would be, try something. If you hate it, try something else. Yeah. Like, um, I know a ton of people seem to really like gratitude and practicing gratitude, both on and yeah. offline, in your head, like in a notebook, out loud, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And people really like that. Some people kind of find it to be like too positive and frou-frou and that's fine yeah. too. 
Yeah, Pollyannish. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be. It's just it's all a matter of figuring out what strategy fits you. There there will be something sort of in this positive psychology or emotion regulation world that works for you. It's just uh-huh. a matter of finding it. Um, I know a ton of people are interested in mindfulness. Again, mindfulness actually um, it, it can be harmful for some. Uh, and I know people really? talk about that a lot. Yeah. Wow. So, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, there's so there's the research on mindfulness is a bit mixed because it's all about being more aware of your emotions. And some folks are um, like sort of intentionally or unintentionally repressing really negative emotions from trauma or they just aren't they don't have the skills to regulate or manage those emotions. So if you become aware of them, they can kind of overwhelm you and then it can make Mm -hmm. things a little bit more difficult. And even for those who can manage them, mindfulness can be challenging because it does make you aware of things you weren't previously aware of. So it's like a more, I would consider it a more challenging skill. And I definitely have people start really slow because <laughs> mm-hmm. those negative emotions can be really intense. And when you're yeah. staring them straight in the face, that's not always easy. What's a, what's a small step that people could take toward mindfulness today? Yeah, I, I, I really like the deep breathing aspects of mindfulness, like, you know, breathe in, breathe out, sort of just puts you back in your body, focusing on that breath can sort of just slow everything down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which we know is like sort of the anti-stress uh, rest and digest system. Right. And then if you're going to do um, like more intensive mindfulness, just do it, do it with like a, um, a therapist or a coach or somebody who knows what they're doing, basically, who can right. pull you in and out and, and make sure that it's done in a safe way. Uh-huh. So to have a guide who can really help you. Yeah. I think that would yeah. be key. Oh, that's great. I appreciate all these, all these ideas. And um, also you talking about how mindfulness can be, challenging uh for some people in terms of emotion i that's kind of something new but it makes so much sense to me (laughs) yeah i think that the self-help world has to be a a bit careful about you know advocating that everybody do something or that like you know everything works for everyone that's not that's not actually the case so i i definitely try to give people lots of ideas and encourage people to figure out what works for them because it's usually different for everyone I appreciate that. So any final words that you have for the listeners that are out there who are struggling, they're on their phones a lot, they're feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, I created a a 28-day Outsmart Your Smartphone challenge that's free on my website. I don't know if folks are interested in any of these topics. That's kind of a nice little Uh, like a bunch of teeny little things you can do for a month without diving in too deep into the hard stuff that we covered Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, What is your website? Oh, berkeleywellbeing.com. Berkeleywellbeing.com. Okay, great. Anything else you want to say before we end? I think we covered a pretty good amount. I do too. And how can people find your book, Outsmart? your smartphone? 
Um, the book is available on Amazon and I believe at any of the online retailers. I'm not sure if it's in all the brick and mortar stores, but pretty much anywhere online. <laughs> okay, great. Is it an audiobook? I believe there's an audiobook. I know there's an ebook. Okay, great. Good. Thank you so <laughs> much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much, Kristen. I really hope that some of these tips um, are helpful. Definitely. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. You as well. Okay. Bye. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cheeky Davis. I found her to be just really inspiring and she's given me so many ideas in terms of re-exploring my relationship with my smartphone and I hope she has given you some food for thought as well. I want to let you know that I have her information in the show notes today so you can find those at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 58. Again, that's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 58. I also want to let you know that I am going to be hosting a meetup for pet business owners in San Diego. If you live in or near San Diego, I am going to be hosting, like I said, a meetup in San Diego at the San Diego Humane Society. They have kindly and generously provided one of their conference rooms for us to meet. I already have about 35 pet business owners on the list who are coming, and I'd love to put you on that list as well. So if you'd like to be included, please email me at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at prosperouspetbusiness.com. Again, that's admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. And I also want to let you know about another in-person event I'm going to be doing very soon, and that is going to be at the Book Passage Bookstore in Corte Madera, California. So if you live in or near the Bay Area, California, I would absolutely love to see you there. There are going to be pet business owners from all over the Bay Area there. It'll be a great opportunity to network. A lot of pet business owner clients move to other parts of the county and various counties. And this will be a great opportunity for you to network and actually get to know different pet business owners that are in other parts of the county and the Bay Area that you can actually connect with. And a lot of them, I know a lot of them that are going to be there. And some of you I don't know, and I'm so excited to meet you. I'm going to be signing books. I'm going to be talking about my newest book, which is called The Hiring Handbook, for pet sitters and dog walkers. Even if you're not a pet sitter or dog walker, I really want to encourage you to come. There are going to be dog trainers, pet groomers, pet photographers, dog daycare owners, just lots of pet business owners from all over the Bay Area are going to be at the Book Passage. And that date is February 8th, 2020 at 4 p.m. And I will have a link to that book signing and uh, book talk in the show notes. Again, you can find that at prosperouspetbusiness.com 
forward slash podcast 58. I wish you a beautiful day. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.